our Bible passage for today is Acts 3, 1 through 8. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the Beautiful Gate, to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet and ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you for being good. We thank you for being an awesome God. Lord, we uh, thank you because you are just great. You are a great God. You hear us. You hear our prayers. You answer our prayers. In fact, God, if we were just totally honest, we would have to admit that you are the only God that hears and answers. So we thank you for that. And now, God, we know that preaching belongs to you, man. It's just a vessel you decide to use. So we pray now, God, that you would use us to your glory. We pray that you would remove Bernard and fill us, God, with your precious Holy Spirit. Lord, we pray that something is said that we would hear from heaven on today. Let us speak your words, not ours. God, I wouldn't dare close this without telling you, God, that I need you. Lord, I don't know what it is about me, but it just makes me feel better when I say, Lord, I need you. I need you now. Help us today. Help us to preach as never before like a dying man to dying men and women. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Could we just put those hands together and tell God thank you? For the record, I haven't been home here at Regen in a minute on a Sunday. And with that said, I think I'm noticing a pattern here. I remember one time Pastor Albert and I were talking and we were talking about themes on holidays. And he had me to know that he wasn't a holiday themed preacher. And I'm noticing a pattern here. I was here on Christmas. <laughs> I was here on Easter. He gave me a break on Mother's Day, but I'm here on Father's Day. <laughs> so I'm kind of thinking what he's doing is to keep from preaching on a theme, he puts me up here. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just noticing that. I could be wrong, <laughs> but I haven't been here on a Sunday. So just so I don't alarm anybody, I talk loud. Don't run out, that's just me. In fact, we might want to turn it down a little bit. I don't want to scare anybody, but I'm so glad to be here. This is awesome. And just so you know, I'm not a theme preacher either. Yeah. I learned the secret to preaching. And the secret to preaching is, if you're thinking about being a preacher, this can help you. I learned the secret to preaching. And that secret is, don't tell anybody, I could sell this stuff. The secret is, just talk about Jesus and you'll get over. <laughs> so with that said, our text of scripture has been read and we just want to talk about for a few minutes three requirements for stepping up. We want to talk about stepping up and we want to talk about three requirements for stepping up. Now, if you're a father and you feel like you haven't been stepping up, I'm not talking to you. 
but I am since it's Father's Day. But if you're here and you can hear me, then I'm talking to you too. So uh, we're talking, we'll talk about a few requirements for stepping up. And since I am a uh, black Baptist preacher, we like to do these things with three points. So I don't want you guys to go out and tell anybody I violated the rules. So I have three points this morning. The first point is stepping up requires togetherness. My second point will be stepping up requires some honesty. Thirdly, stepping up requires a dependency on God. And then we will look at, lastly, not a point, but it will just show us how stepping up yields results. So in our text, we see that Peter and John are together, and they are together at a good time. The text says that they are going up to the temple at the hour of prayer. Now, the reason this is so important, because just a few weeks ago, they weren't together. In fact, James and John came up with a great plan. Allow me to tell you about it. And this plan was when uh, the Lord was with his disciples and he was telling them about things that come and how he would die. They came up with this good plan to send their mother in to ask the Lord for a favor. And what their mother asked the Lord is, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, I need a favor from you. I need one of my sons on your right side and the other on your left. And it's important that we point out Peter and John are together now because the Bible tells us that when she made this request, the other disciples heard and they got mad. And from the stories we heard about Peter, I could imagine he was more mad than everybody else. When I thought about that and uh, I looked at that thing, caused some dissension between them, but when I look at it, it would even cause later on problems between James and John because all those good right-handed people know the right hand is the righteous hand. And for all you left-handed people, we're just sorry. Yeah, so that would cause some dissension between the two brothers because somebody had to be the right-hand man. But we see now that Peter and John are together. A few weeks ago, they were separated by their petty differences. And not only that, but togetherness is a form of strength and a great show of unity. I believe that the church of God has been separated too long by our petty differences. Now, there are some essential things we have to get right. We can't mess up the Bible. That Trinity thing, we have to get that right. Jesus, we sure enough got to get that right. And the church, we have to get that right. But we have been separated too long by our petty differences. I was amazed to find out how many different Baptist organizations there were. What I mean is, it doesn't matter if you do communion on the first Sunday, the third Sunday, every Sunday. What matters is you do it. We don't do it like that. I got friends that don't even speak to me anymore because I refuse to wear suits, but that's cool because I'm saving a lot of money now by not doing that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we've been separated too long by our pretty differences. And we see Peter and John, although they had their differences in the past, we see them drawn together and they're drawn together by the greatest thing, worship. The church is a place for unity because our Lord said we are one body and the body does not fight against itself. My fist has never got so mad at my eye that it just punched it. The body does not fight against itself. The church of God, we've been separated too long by our petty differences. Stepping up, it requires honesty. In our text, verse 2 and 3, it talks about this crippled man. A man lame from birth was being carried who they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called beautiful to ask alms of those entering the temple. Seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, he asked to receive alms. Stepping up requires some honesty. 
This crippled man is a picture of a lost sinner or a picture of us at one time. We have to be honest with ourselves. This crippled man, he was born lame. Just a few comparisons to us as uh, sinners. He was born lame and just like us. The comparison is we were born in sin and he had this congenital disease that lasted 40 years and it didn't get better, it only grew worse. If we refuse to stay in our sins, they don't get better. If we refuse to walk in God's way, to take on Christ's way, it doesn't get better. Our sins only get worse. I don't care what they tell you. Everybody I know that smoked weed when I was in junior high, they all graduated to harder drugs. It gets worse. That's why they encourage you to stay away from pornographic material. It dulls our senses, men, when it comes to the treatment of our women. It doesn't get better. It only gets worse, just like this man. And then the text lets us know that he couldn't walk. And just like sinners can't walk to please God. The text lets us know that he was outside the temple and sinners, they're outside the temple, they're outside of God's temple, the church. We see him here, it lets us know that he was begging and sinners are beggars in the sense that they are spinning their wheels. We can search our whole lives looking for things to satisfy us and that satisfaction can only be found in Christ. Let me tell you something. People don't become alcoholics because they like the way liquor tastes. They're trying to mask something. People don't start using drugs because they like the way they smell. We're trying to hide something. We're trying to cover something. We're searching for the satisfaction that can only be found in Christ. People don't become abusers of men and women and addicted to sex just because they, well, you know what I'm saying. They're trying to mask something. We see ourselves in this man, we either look back or we look to. And looking back, we don't forget grace because we can see where God has brought us from. And looking to, we see the expectation of grace because we know what God is able to do. Then this man, he was placed daily at the gate. In other words, he had no control over where he was placed. I mean, if he was being carried wherever they dropped him off, that's where he stayed. He can't walk. And just like us, there's nothing we could do to save ourselves. We are helpless in that sense. Let me tell you something. Stop running around saying that stuff, I'll come when I get myself together. Newsflash, you can't get yourself together. That's why Jesus came. Yeah, if you could do it, God wouldn't have had to. Yeah, so we are helpless in that sense. We are sinners and we can't save ourselves. And seeing ourselves as helpless, it should help us to recognize our need for a savior. Now we see this man, he's asking for money from Peter and John. He's looking for money. Let me tell you something. Money is only a pacifier. Money is only a pacifier. I'm so sick of people talking about money in church, that money thing where God wants you to be rich. Money is only a pacifier. Watch this. If they had gave him $10,000, he still couldn't walk. If they had gave him a million dollars, now he could pay somebody to set him where they wanted him, but he still couldn't do it on his own. Money is only a pacifier. And not only that, I tell my children all the time, truth is truth and truth works anywhere. I don't care if you're in East Oakland. I don't care if you're in East Texas. I don't care if you're on the east side of the moon. Two plus two will always be four because that's the truth. And if God wanted me to be rich, I'm looking for my check. I haven't gotten it yet. 
Yeah, God wants me to be rich in him. Money is only a pacifier. The root of this man's problem was deeper than money. The root of the world's problem is deeper than money. Just like this man, this man had a sin problem. Just like the world, we have a sin problem. Our world had a sin problem. And as far as I know, the last time I checked, the only remedy for sin is Christ Jesus. Sin hijacks our total being, and only God can rescue us from sin. And he did that through the sending of his son who died on the cross to pay for our sins. Verse 4. Stepping up requires a dependency on Christ. Verse 4 says, And Peter and John, and Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. Verse 6, Peter, he like totally dismissed that God wants you to be rich thing. He says, I don't have any silver or gold, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Doesn't really make sense for God wants you to be rich. And Peter tells him, hey, I'm broke, but I got some Jesus. Stepping up requires a dependency on Christ. So now we see Peter. This Peter has this total dependency on Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I figured there'll be a lot of apologizing in heaven when some of us preachers meet Peter. Because we've been talking bad about him for years. When we look at it, I can see some character building in Peter's life. In fact, I can see that dependency on Christ being built up in him. We talk about him bad all the time. We're going to have to do a lot of apologizing. But I come to find out, I like Peter. Yeah, this is my homeboy. Just in case anybody here that doesn't know, friend, buddy, pal, homeboy. I see some qualities in him that I like. They're out there, and there's a storm, and everybody's scared, and they see Jesus walking on the water. The rest of them think it's a ghost. It was Peter that said, no, that's him. He recognized him, and he's like, I'll even prove it. Hey, Lord, if that's you, let me come out there. He stepped out, and we give him, oh, he took his eyes off God, and he starts sinking. At least he was the only one that got out. Everybody else was in the boat. I can see him building that dependency. We talk about uh, uh, when Jesus asked him, he said, what are they saying about me? Who do men say that I am? The fellows, they threw out a couple of names, and Jesus said, oh, that's cool, but what do you guys say about me? And everybody else is scratching their head. Peter says, I know. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. I mean, Jesus told him that it was his father that had me. But at least he answered, and he answered correctly. We talk about him for that, but at least he was in the place where God was able to use him. I like Peter. Oh, Peter, he denied Christ. He was there. What was everybody else? So we can see him building up this total dependency on God. So now we see this new Peter who has this total dependency on Christ that is infused in him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Him and John are going up to the temple. This man sees him and watch this being totally healed from his condition hadn't crossed this man's mind. He looks at him. Peter tells him, look at us. He takes Peter's invitation as a commitment to get some money. And Peter knew just what this man needed. He didn't need money. He needed Jesus. Peter knew what our world needs. This world needs Jesus. I don't care how many programs they legislate. I don't care how many boys and girls club they open up. Although they're great, I don't care how many YWCF. The bottom line is our world needs Jesus. Peter tells him, and silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you. I got some Jesus. I'm going to share that with you. He says, rise up and walk. That term, rise up and walk, in Greek grammar, it's a present imperative. Now, don't fool yourself. I don't know any Greek at all. But I spent a lot of money on this program called Logos, and it can help you do this kind of stuff. It's great. You got to check it out. <laughs> it means to walk 
and keep on walking. Don't stop. Don't quit. Be faithful. In fact, the one that endures to the end, get up and walk. Don't stop walking. Don't quit. Be faithful. And the one who endures to the end will be saved. Peter tells him, he says, get up. And something strange happened when Peter tells him to get up. Y'all know what that was? The dude didn't move. He knows better than anybody he can't walk. I mean, he was born this way. He's probably like, look at his quack. What do you mean, get up? But the Bible teaches us when it comes to faith, that faith goes hand in hand with works. In fact, good faith produces good works. And what Peter does, this man knows he can't walk. And because of, on his own power, he can't. But with God, all things are possible. And Peter told him, it is in Jesus' name that you ought to rise up. And we ought to recognize that things we can't do, God can do. And when God does them, the glory belongs to him. Verse 7, Peter does something interesting because this man doesn't move. And Peter knows of his own power, he can't move. So Peter, he puts legs to his prayers. He puts feet to his faith. What Peter does, he sticks out his right hand. I told you that was the good one. He sticks out his right hand and he lifts him up. I tell him all the time, that's this stepping up yields results. Look. There is no need in praying for a job. If you have not gotten up and filled out an application, it won't work. I'm sorry. I promise you it will not walk down the street and a fellow will walk out of his establishment and say, hey, I know you. God said you've been praying for a job. Come on in. You're hired. It won't happen. We have to put feet to our faith. We have to put legs to our prayers. We have to do and then with expectations that God will help us. I remember taking tests in school. I would always write on test day at the top of the paper, right under my name, Philippians 3.14. Now, that don't even help if you study, but I used to write that on there. I could do all things through Christ, but pass that test without studying, that was outside of the realm of possibility. But we have to put feet to our faith. We have to put legs to our prayer. Peter tells him to get up, and he reaches out his hand, and he lifts him up. And when Peter lift him up, the text tells us that his feet and his ankles became strong. And what we see here is the sharing and the transferring of strength. Let me tell you something. If you are strong, you need to strengthen those of us that are weak. If you are strong, you need to strengthen those of us. If God gave you a testimony, if God has done something great in your life, if God gave you strength, you ought to take that strength and share with those of us that are around you. Listen, in church... We have to be bold enough and strong enough to love each other and love on each other how God intended us to love on each other. The church of God, one of the things that causes problems, we are so scared to share with people who we really are because we don't want people to find out because if they do, people begin to talk. But that was never God's intention for us. I could never help those of weak if what I have I hold in and somebody's going through something and my sharing might help them, but I'm so scared that people will talk. Newsflash, my mother didn't finish the third grade, but she said a lot of stuff that made sense. I would go home sometimes and say, people talked about me, and she would look at me like I was just silly. And say, boy, get over it. They talked about Jesus. Listen, we can't let that shackle us into being scared to share with people who we are. Your testimony might help me while I'm going through something. And not only that, I should allow people the opportunity to speak into my life so I should share what's wrong with me because they might have something to share. But if I'm scared to open up about who I really am, that won't happen. And God never intended that for us. 
he intended for us to come in here and equip and edify each other so that we can go out and do the work, go out and do the mission. We see that sharing and that transfer of strength. Then the text tells us that leaping up, this man, he stood, he began to walk. We see his steps to recovery. He began to walk and he went into the church praising God and giving God his glory. Listen, the man does the most awesome thing. God saves him. God delivers him. God fixes problem, so he goes to worship with the other saints to share that. Isn't that awesome? And that's how it ought to be. Now, I've heard people say stuff like, no, well, I'm not that emotional. Pastor Albert just said a few minutes ago, if he kept talking, he had to stop before he began to cry. I would have paid to see that. I would have paid to see that. But anyway, I hear people say that, you know, God didn't wire me like that. Okay, he didn't. I dare you to fall in love. Watch this. I dare you to fall in love with somebody that don't love you back. And we all will see how emotional you can get. Oh, God. I'm at home. Can I do this? Oh. <laughs> it just hurts so bad. <laughs> I'd only do that feeling comfortable at home. <laughs> and nobody's touched you. Look, if God done something for you, don't be ashamed about letting that out. That's all I'm saying. And we see this man did it. He walked into church. He went in walking, leaping, and praising God, giving God the glory for the things that he's done. Listen, it's now more than ever the time for the people of God to step up. We are living in a day and time where five to ten years from now, we won't even know what evangelicalism looks like. And I really feel like even here in America, there's going to come a day and time where we are really going to have to stand for what we believe, for what God says. And if we're not equipped to do that, we won't be able to weather that storm. So God's people are going to have to step up. That stepping up is going to require us to be together. That stepping up is going to require for us to be honest with each other. That stepping up is going to require all of us to have a dependency on Christ because without that, we won't make it. And that stepping up, if we do it God's way, I guarantee you, it would yield results. Might not be the results we want, but we can say we'll get the results that glorify God, and that's what matters. Let's pray. Gracious God, our Father, we thank you. Lord, we praise you, we honor you. You are good. God, thank you for letting us know, Lord, that there are some requirements that we have and we're going to have to step up to be salty and be light in this lost and dying world. So, Lord, we pray that something was said that would help us be a better people for you. Lord, we pray that something was said that if someone is here and they don't know you, that they would reason with themselves in their heart. And in the quietness and stillness of their heart, they would trust in you alone for salvation. God, we thank you. We pray that as we leave this place that others would see us and your light would shine in us so that they would come asking, what must I do that I might be saved? In Jesus' name, amen.